Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. continuing the first series. If you've missed all the other weeks, don't worry. It's standalone. God's got something for us today. We just completed 21 days of prayer. Come on. And if anyone has ever started a habit or completed one and developed it after 21 days, the habit is formed, the habit is in place, but we all know it's easy to lose a habit. So how do we keep momentum? And that's where we're going today to keep connected and keep momentum to stay moving when we feel that we want to give up. It's normal and it's okay. One of our team members said to me this week, they've never fasted before. And they said by fasting, they've experienced more of God in breakthrough than they ever have in all of their Christian walk. And I thought that was a great promotion for all of us that we don't just need 21 days of prayer to fast. We can fast anytime. And it might be as simple as media, a meal, or more intense of water only for some days. But God speaks to us because when we disconnect from the world, we connect to God. And that's what fasting does. We do it fast and we connect to him fast. And so that is beautiful. want to encourage you to continue that, encourage, encourage me to continue that. And today's message for all the note takers, and if you're not a note taker, I'd encourage you something. Take a picture today of a slide. This is for us. And when I was thinking, I'm like, man, I'm really not preaching today. And I know preaching is a term like, hey, what's up, preacher? But uh, it's more like I'm reaching. We're reaching in this thing together. So I hope that this information and content connects in a way that is valuable for each one of us and reaches our souls, not just preaches at us, but comes together with us. Today's message is first, because we got some plans. We want to do some big stuff, right? Got some dreams this year. Momentum first. Count the cost. Plan. If we don't plan, maybe you've heard this, we plan to fail. But is our trust in the plan? No. But every plan should be calculated and come to the table with reverence. What am I committing to? What does it mean to follow Jesus? I remember I, when I first started going to church, all the way back in 02, God radically changed my life. And I knew I needed some new habits. And after every service, you know what I would do? I would go into the bookstore at Mount Hope, and I would go buy the CD of every single message and listen to Pastor Dave the whole week long. Four bucks, I get it. And I was so nostalgic, I saved my bulletin in my file cabinet. I saved every single week's church bulletin in all my notes for years. Because I know I needed to be reprogrammed. I knew, I knew, I needed this. The keys to life. That's what biblical teaching was doing for me. I, I was retransforming. I needed, un- I needed to unlearn and relearn. And even if we've been walking with Jesus for 20 years, some of us, actually, we might, not need, we might need to unlearn more. So today, if you've been following Jesus for a while, this is for you. 
If you just started with Jesus, this is for you. If you're considering Jesus, it's for you. So let's go to Luke, the physician, the doctor, who's watching this Jesus movement, and then he starts to record it in such a way by talking to the eyewitnesses and seeing it from a distance. And Luke's gospel is so neat about that. So the Bible rich keys to life. Luke's gospel, gospel meaning good news. And here we enter into chapter 14, the cost of discipleship. Now great crowds accompanied him, being Jesus. And he turned and said to them, if anyone comes to me, if anyone wants to be a follower of Jesus and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Disciple being somebody who's following with the imagery would be if you think of a carpenter apprentice that you're working with somebody learning underneath them, that that's how discipleship would be pictured, that it's not just us coming on a Sunday morning, but it is fully us immersed side by side with learning from our sensei, our teacher, and our disciple maker, our leader, i.e. Jesus and Jesus's delegates, people, because we follow well. But as we follow people, because they're not Jesus, we only follow the Christ in them. And so we have a Bible as well that we can look, hey, is that quality like Jesus or not? And so we follow people as they're following Christ. This is some hard language, right? Hate, father, mother, wife, children, brother, sister. Yes, even our life. Verse 27, whoever does not... Bear his own cross, meaning to pick up the cross is to die to self. And come after me cannot be my disciple. Verse 28, for which of you desiring to build a tower does not first, first, what? Come on, what? Sit down and count the cost whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation, is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. 31, or what king going out to an encounter, another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off. He sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Weighty. What's Jesus meaning here? I think it's really important how we hear it. Man, I got to hate my family. No, no, slow down. Jesus loved his family. He loved his mom. In fact, he tells his followers to take care of his mom when he's on the cross. Watch after my mom. He cares about his mom. So we know. So what's he meaning? And what is meaning here is this, that when we're connected with the love of God, that love is so all-consuming. In comparison, 
It's to hate any love in compete, that would compete with this type of love. And therefore, if I'm connected in this vertical love that I'm so in, horizontally, now I start to see my family in light of that God gave them to me as a gift. And so I love them with God's love, not love that replaces God. In fact, any love that replaces God, I hate it. And, and, and these are real things. So it's speaking to us that God's love is so first, so central to our life that all things, and I don't think there's anything that strikes a chord unless you really hate your family, but let's just assume you love your family for a minute. If you love your family for a minute, like that, that's a bold contrast. And so he's saying is, you want to be a disciple? Count the cost. Just like somebody's got a plan and blueprints. And I know today we want to count the cost. So I want to continue this picture that Christianity isn't just this unique, euphoric, amazing adventure that's going to be filled with highlights. It will not be all the time. Matthew 7 shows us that there's two types of paths. There's a narrow gate, and that's where we enter. For the gate that's opposite to the narrow gate, that's wide, and it's the way is easy in Matthew 7, verse 13. That leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Now, I don't think it's few because God only wants a few. I think it's few because to count the cost is so severe. And it's way easier to just go with the trends. What's everybody doing? Go with the flow. The pressures of the tribe. I mean, to, to succumb to the pressures of the tribe, it meant to even survive. If we weren't doing what the tribe's doing, we're not getting food. And for sure, we're going to get bullied or picked on because the tribe acts a certain way. Our friend groups act a certain way. We would rather be rejected by everyone and accepted by God for walking in the truth than accepted by everyone and walking in a lie. And that's what this picture is. And the narrow, the narrow path here isn't just some little, like, thing that we ride on a moped, okay? It's not just small and narrow. And, no, no, in fact, it's treacherous, and, and it's very difficult. And I love how the message puts it again, is to give us another repeat of that same verse. Don't look for shortcuts to God. The market is flooded with surefire, easygoing formulas for a successful life that can be practiced in your spare time. Don't fall for that stuff even though crowds of people do, the way to life to God is vigorous and requires total attention. It's not just 21 days. And then in the book of Acts, it shows this, that there's plenty of hard times. Chapter 14, verse 21 in the message, after proclaiming the message, so preaching the good news, they're out there doing Jesus' work. I mean, if they're doing God's work, God's got them, right? And establishing a strong core uh, in Derby, and establishing a strong core of disciples, they retrace their steps to Lystra, then Iconium, and then Antioch, and putting muscle and sinew in lives of disciples. So they're building up disciples, urging them to stick with what they had begun to believe and not quit, making it clear to them that it wouldn't be easy. Anyone signing up for the kingdom of God has to go through plenty of hard times. I think Christianity is a lot like this picture here. There's two plans, we think. So you got this plan on the top. <laughs> this is our plan. Yeah! Yeah! It's awesome. I gave my life to God. I got baptized. I'm in a group. It got harder. 
I start giving to the church. I don't have any money. When you're marked by God and you're a threat to the kingdom of darkness, darkness now starts to take notice and darkness tries to attack. But greater is the light that's in us, but we have to be connected to that light with total attention. So God promises us. But let's paint the picture very clear. Christians, or if you want to be a Christian wherever you're at, following Jesus, if you thought it was like plan A, no. In fact, it's like plan B. Oh, I'm with Jesus. Yeah, I got a bike. Woo! Oh, man. I lost a family member. Finances. What in the world's going on? I need to reinvent myself. Oh, I don't even know how I'm going to ever get up there. I'm going to need some new people. We're going to have to reinvent something completely new. And then how am I supposed to sail across the waters? There's sharks in there. But eventually, and this is what's so neat. God promises grace for the beginning and the winning and the ending. It's the same grace that saved us and the same grace that's sustaining us and saving us that eventually will complete it because God began a good work in me and you. When you put your faith in Jesus, it's that, and if you haven't yet, man, putting your faith in Jesus is amazing. That we are dead in sin, but he'll give us brand new life when we exchange and lose our life, when we gain him, that he lived a sinless life. He paid for our sins because we're guilty, we're unworthy, but because of his payment hanging on the cross, Buried three days later, raised from the dead, because now he has victory over the final enemy. The final enemy isn't sickness, it isn't money bills, it isn't wars and room, it is death. And so Jesus made a victory statement over death. That any one of us put our faith in Jesus, we have victory over that. We have the promise to live with our maker forever. That's the good news. It's the good news. And that grace, though, that he gives us from the beginning line, that now we say, okay, I'm in, that he also is now sustaining us through this journey to know that, hey, I can't do it, God. I'm going to constantly need your provision. But make sure, friends, today, first, we count the cost. Our plan has to have in it that we've counted the cost, that we have considered we will face obstacles in Christianity. (laughs) Is that okay? Because everything else is a mirage. And you know where we've, you know where we've got it? We're, we're a very unique generation. We have access to 24-hour information that will only serve whatever pleases us. If you don't like a website, do you stay on it? You can click off it. Come on. If you don't like the channel, what's on TV, get off it. If you don't like your job, just find a new one. I mean, everything in life is kind of like, uh, I got to keep, I got to find something new. I don't know if I really want to count the cost and be committed, but yet if he saved us, he's Lord of the journey. And he didn't, we start to then make up things and we say, Jesus promised this. No, he didn't. He promised a very hard journey, but he promised that he was Emmanuel, God with us on the journey. So today I want to give us several points to, to count the cost and to make a plan. So number one, Making a plan and counting the cost is just plain smart. It's not overcomplicated. It's just smart. It's a good thing to do. I want to roll with God. Cool. Wrestle. Count the cost. Don't just come on a Sunday. Spend some time. Go to a park. Do something alone with God. Man, God, I'm I'm struggling with this. I get to a part in the passage where I, I don't know if I agree. Will you help teach me through this? Make a plan. 
Luke 14, right? That's what it says in verse 28. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. And for us, we recognize we don't have enough to complete it, but we're not going to trust our own strength. We're not going to trust our own life. We're going to trust Jesus' life and his finished work. An accurate picture of following Jesus helps us when it gets hard. Because therefore, we, we didn't buy a mirage. We recognize when it gets hard, it doesn't mean that God's not with me. Because otherwise, if we don't count the cost, we're going to be tempted to give up. Where is God in this? And it's okay, we're in good company. A lot of the followers in Jesus had have times when they lament or even question God. God welcomes that journey with us, but he also provides answers and clarities that he's working. You know, I, uh, how's, that, how's that verse go? I, I, da, 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 I can, even though when I can't see it, I know that you're working. You'll never stop. You'll never stop working. Sometimes our heart needs to catch up with our head, and sometimes our head needs to catch up with our heart. But wherever we're at on that journey, it's okay. When we sing that, we believe God is at work. I think each one of us, if we look back hindsight, we can see, oh, God actually worked through that season. That I learned the most in the difficult seasons. So if he really loves us, he recognizes that the journey that we wrestle and is difficult is part of it. It will get hard. And if we are counting the cost, the enemy will come in and say, well, look, your God ain't good enough. Come follow me. I showed the clip when Anakin, you know, or, you know, Darth Vader and Luke trying to convince his, uh, his father to come back, and he, he finally does, and Darth Vader repents. And, but Anakin, uh, when he goes to the dark side, he started to believe a lie that the dark side had more power than the Jedi, the light. And that's what the enemy does. He's always providing another way. Hey, I got more power. God didn't work, did he? No, God's working. He never stops working. So how do we plan? A few things, okay? So if you want to create a plan today, I think everyone's like, you're here, you're, you want to create a plan, I get that. First we say, God help me plan. <laughs> Not, I'm going to create a plan. In fact, Lord, what do you want me to do? And three areas I think is simple. We could break this down specifically and we could get goals and get, you know, goals have to be measurable and they have to, I think part of that's true, but I want to make it super simple because when, if we trust the plan, when the plan fails us or when we fail, we feel like a failure. We are not defined by our goals. We're defined by Jesus, period. Therefore, out of that position that I'm cool, I'm tight with God, and that's what, that's what defines me, now I want to resemble who he is, and I want to um, steward what he's given me. So therefore, I'm going to set some spiritual goals. How do I connect with God? How do I connect with people that are in my life? And then how do I physically take care of the body that God gave me. And Proverbs 19.21 says, many are the plans in the mind of man. This is cool because it shows us we'll take plans, but it has to ultimately be the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Right? Amen? You guys with me? Okay. Number two, counting the cost. First, we're planning. The cost is very hard. It's been assumed. We've heard that. We saw that. But Luke 9, it's just reminding us, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. we got to revisit that. Because I'm going to skip to Luke 6, verse 27. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. 
That's hard. Let's start to break this down practically. What does the cost look like? It looks like loving somebody who you can't stand. Luke 6, 33. If you do what is good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? So as Christians, we're not some social, like, uh, nonprofit work. We do social work, social justice, good works everywhere we go, serving people, absolutely. Fighting for equality, you better believe it. But one of the greatest things we do is how we love our enemies. Because even sinners will love good people. But Luke 6, 27 in the message, it shows to us, to you who are ready for the truth, I say this, love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer for that person. Loving our enemies is counting the cost for following Jesus. Next point. Make a plan, number three, a plan in life. So we make a plan, we make that, but we trust the Lord more than the plan. How do we live in this dance? Science, the plan, one, two, three, X, Y, Z. Art, the beauty, the spontaneity. Going with the flow, staying a little kid. And a verse that spoke to me in this area so strong has always been Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Before we started this church, we had a lot of things that made sense. But it was this verse that God really breathed life in us. and said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. So I trust God with everything. I know I'm not wise enough. And then in all of my ways, I will acknowledge God first And he, throughout this journey, will make straight my path. So what God's looking for is relationship. Not some, here's my blueprints, God. I'm done, right? I'll come check in later. He's not a boss. He's not job performance reviews. He's our father who loves to spend time with us. He's a friend. It's amazing. The power's not in the plan. The power's in God. But God loves order, and he blesses, he blesses it. So before we'd ever build a house or build our lives, of course, we're going to have some blueprints. That's just wisdom, friends. So how do we do this? Number four, we first connect to the source. Before we create our plan, we have to recognize we got to grow deep roots in Jesus. He's our source. Anyone want to play a little competition, how long you can go without water? No, that doesn't sound fun. Someone's going to die. How long we can go without God? We spiritually die. And I empathize, and I will say this, being super sick to start this year out, when you're in pain, sometimes it's hard to connect with God because we're not feeling the momentum. But that's the mo- those are the moments when, when we're, we're shaped and formed the best. So when, when seasons are good, we're actually trying to grow our roots. We're creating um, momentum. I want to show this morning momentum slide. This would be one to take a picture of. We're not going to exhaust it today, but what was the, when, when, when you're home alone and we don't have church service, what does church service look like for you? Well, we could say don't have your phone, but I think embracing, I think each one of us grab our phone in the morning, most of us. 
it's crazy habit, bad habit. But one of the first things we can do then say is, I'm going to read the verse of the day. First thing I wake up. Maybe I'll shower or whatever, but I got to get, I got to spend some time with God. If it's 5, 10, 20 minutes, whatever, I got to get some time with God. If it's my car, I got to put some worship music on. I got to get a song. I didn't have songs at the beginning. I was playing worship music from a, a Speedway Christmas Carol CD that I bought at Speedway. You fill your gas tank up, 99 cents, you get the CD. They were, it was coming alive, like, in Excelsis day. I'm like, oh, 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 yes, Lord, I love you. You know, it's all about Jesus. The little drummer boy was coming to worship Jesus. It was amazing. It was amazing. But it's sad to, to, to when I forget that. And now I need some more advanced strategy. I need music that fits my liking. No, just put some worship music on. Let me submit. Three things down. We, we learned this in November. The power of gratitude, it replaces anxiety, doubt, worries, scientifically proven to restructure our brain. Writing three things down or typing three things from yesterday or today. Uh, 15 push-ups. Now, you might not be able to do this with your health. So, but if you are able to, it activates our nervous system and already starts to send our body. We're alive. We're awake. Today is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We have to get on the offense. If you don't have an identity statement, an identity statement, you can go back in the City Life app. It's a little homework these last couple weeks. And you can check the Forever Me series. But a simple way to understand identity statement, who does God say you are and what has he uniquely said about you? If he says things like Peter's a rock, does he not talk some things over you? And here's a quick way to get there. Your identity is whose you are. I am God's. And then, what is he saying about me? Well, simply just write down the lies the enemy's saying about you. The enemy says you're not worth it, you're unworthy, you're not a good dad, you're not a, you'll never beat this thing, you never beat this temptation, you never be good enough, you don't add up, you're not as pretty as so-and-so, you don't have enough money. Write down all the lies and then watch how God will answer truth over those lies. There's your identity statement. Read that thing. Read that thing. Pause on what stands out. I try to read that thing. Meditate. Meditation's been a, a and look, you start to, just because I can tell you things to cook with, you might cook differently in your home. Just, but this gives you some, some tools. There's an app called Headspace. Meditation is, is activation. Breathing. Breathing. The word soul in the Old Testament means breath. And when we're anxious, what are we lacking? A lot of times, breathing. Breathe. Do some inhale. Do some uh, Google Wim Hof breathing or something. Read one chapter in the Bible, because now the Bible's coming alive. I've worshipped. I did some push-ups. This doesn't take that long. And then write down one thing that you're challenged from reading the Bible with. And here's the cool thing. Can you eliminate some of those? Absolutely. Do you need any of that to be good? Heck no. But is it profitable? Absolutely. Can you go longer on Bible reading? Yes. It's a dance. Can you go shorter sometimes? Come on. Like, you guys are all smart enough. Look at this. There's this app called First 15. Um, Ryan, one of our dream team members here, he put me onto it. If, you, if you'd only got 15 minutes, this might be your world. They got an app, First 15. Every day it's got, you can listen to it. It's got a scripture. It's got a worship song. It does all the heavy lifting for you, okay? So if you're not into, I want a customized game plan, I'm just going to follow this. I got a devotional, you know. It's got all of this that's there. I got prayer, and then I got ways that I can go out into the world now and then engage in society. And there's another tool we want to give you. 
the, the key, what you want to do right now is if you see a nugget, you're like, that's mine. I like that strategy. Personally, I do the first slide. Got a lot of friends that do first 15. But we wrote this book called Get Rooted to help grow people of what it means to follow Jesus and count the cost. And there's seven different roots of what that means, of just basics of Christianity, whether you've been walking with Jesus a long time or it's just simple. This book's here so that when, you guys ever seen palm trees in storms, hurricanes? A palm tree can bend all the way over, so rooted, and still survive the storm. We want to be Christians that when the storm hits, our roots grip in Jesus. So if you're here today and you're like, I want to read, get rooted, um, just, Zach, will you help me pass out any of these? So anyone who raises their hand, we got about 15 or so, um, so you can raise your hand, get rooted for you, you know, so uh, you can just take the book and no one will get them at 1130. It's amazing. So I'll tell the 1130, it's in the app. It's also in here, it's in getrooted.org. So if you wondered, if you're like, man, I, I don't get the book, I didn't get picked today, don't be sad, be glad, because we got the website. Don't be sad, be glad. All right, number five, look for divine flow and spiritual resistance to course correct or stay the course. I want to count the cost. I want to plan. Divine flow means sometimes you just go with the flow, and that means everything's right. Other times, there's resistance, and it could mean stop. And other times, there's resistance, and it means push through. It's okay. How do we discern that? That's the Holy Spirit. That's your counsel. That's your friends. That's groups we got coming up right around the corner. Don't do life alone. Get in a group. Like, get in the app. And we got this thing called group, City Life Lansing app. Click it. It says groups. And in those groups, we are real. And we say, we can't do this alone. Help me. I'm tempted. I'm struggling with X, Y, Z. We get plugged in together. That's what we do. So push through. Number six, the cost of following Jesus, and this is really cool. It's worth it every time. So does the cost deliver? I want to say absolutely. In fact, it's like Matthew 13. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. When I look at Jesus, he's more important than everything. And that's not just for the pastor. That's for all of us. Because Jesus is our pastor. Number seven. When we put God first, putting him first reminds us of who we are working for. Friends, we start to get in the way of God. And we think we're working for God, but it's really we're working for us. And really, who's building the house? Because the worst thing to do would be to count the cost, build a house, and labor in vain. And one of the best ways to calibrate that often is to stop and say, God, do you even want me doing this? Am I making the right decision? Psalm 127.1 shows us the gravity of it. If God doesn't build the house, the builders only build shacks. Who here wants a spiritual shack or a spiritual mansion? Which one? <laughs> I want the shack. No, you don't. Well, it's good enough. I'm still in. No, God want, God's best for us is amazing. No shacks. 
Because when he builds it, no shacks. Because if God doesn't guard the city, the nightman watches, watchman might as well nap. There's no point. It's useless to rise early and go to bed late and work your worried fingers to the bone. Don't you know he enjoys giving rest to those he loves? So work in the plan does not look like exhaustion. Please, hear that. We might have started to think today, even from this message, to count the cost means we got to do something really intense. No, no, no. It's a heart posture, but it actually means that I'm now going to go at a pace of God, not a pace of what the world dictates. It means sometimes we'll be okay making less money, and that's okay. We'll be okay in different realms because a kingdom-built house is more beautiful than any worldly house 10 times out of 10. And a kingdom-built house can't always be seen because it's built on the inside. It's felt through love, enemy love, forgiveness, mercy, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering. Those in relationship... Marriage is not meant to complete us. In fact, it sanctifies us. It's tough. It gives us opportunities, though, to show the love of God, to be encouraging, to get refined, to be patient. It's difficult, but it's beautiful the way the kingdom-built house is going on in us. Number eight, whether we win or lose, this one's crazy, good or bad, a lot or a little, we still have the victory in Give God Glory. Come on, that's like all the options, isn't it? That's, that can't be true, is it? No, it absolutely is true. And what we believe for a lot of times is Philippians 4, 13. Anyone know this verse? Football players wear it. They put it under the things, Philippians 4, 13. And it says, I can do. Everyone say that. I can do. All things. Come on, I can do. All things. That'll get a place motivated real quick. I can do all things. Through him who strengthens me. And then we kind of like, well, I can do all things. I can do all things through Jesus who strengthens me. When truly it's more like because of God's strength, God's goodness, God's defeat, God's suffering, I can do all things. But a lot of times this is associated with winning. So I want to show you a clip here real quick of some people that have won some things. Check it. What message did you send with your performance tonight? First of all, I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for giving me the victory tonight. Second of all, thank you, America, and God bless you all. But you know you were about to play in a national championship game. You know, my, par- my parents would be mad, but, you know, excuse me. You know, first and foremost, I'd just like to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, with him, all things, all things are possible, and uh, that's what happened tonight, you know. But How do you explain this, that nine years ago you're coaching in high school and here you are with this trophy? I can only give uh, the praise to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for giving me this opportunity. And I'm going to tell you something. I got the best players in the world. <laughs> okay. If we're all honest, when we think of that verse, we think of winning. But what that verse actually means, when we zoom out, it's about winning and losing. Philippians 4, I'm going to read out of the message this time, verse 11. says, actually, I don't have a sense of needing anything personally. I've learned by now to be quite content. Whatever my circumstances, I'm just as happy with a little as with much. With much as with a little. I found the recipe for being happy. Whether full or hungry, hands full 
or hands empty. Whatever I have, wherever I'm at, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I don't mean that your help didn't mean a lot to me. It did. It was a beautiful thing that you came alongside me in my troubles. So in other words, Paul's saying, hey, even if I lose, I'm winning. And I think there's another clip here that shows one of the actresses from Black Panther accepting the reward. And I love how she paints the picture of the dark days. Because counting the cost means God's not only God of the good days, he's God of the dark days too. And there will be some lonely, tough times, difficult times when we receive a report that's bad or someone's going through something. It'll be difficult, but God's still worth it. And check this clip out. I identify myself as a child of God, and I can't get up here without thanking God. A few years ago, I saw myself in a deep state of depression, and I literally wanted to quit acting. The only thing that pretty much pulled me out of that was God, my belief, my faith, my family, and an email from BAFTA saying that they wanted me to be a part of the BAFTA uh, Breakthrough Brits. And I was like, let me try again. So this wasn't an overnight thing. This, didn't, this, this wasn't a click of a finger success. And it's still a work in progress. I'm still a work in progress. Um, but I want to just thank God. I want to thank my family. I want to thank my team at IAG, Femi, Iki, everybody at WME. I want to thank everybody that said yes to me. I want to say, I want to say thank you to everybody that gave me a chance um, and just saw my talent, saw what God placed in me and said yes. Um, I want to encourage young people. <laughs> Matter of fact, you don't even have to be young. You can be, you can be any age. But I just, wanna, I just wanna encourage you, anybody that's going through a hard time or something in their soul or that they've lost their light, I wanna encourage you that God made you and you're important. There, there might be some of you here that's going through depression, that's going through a bad time and you're putting on a smile on your face and nobody can see that, but you know it and God knows it. And I just wanna encourage you and I just wanna say that God loves you and just let your light shine. It's a lot different winning speech. Jason, can I get you up here just to play guitar? I'm not going to bring the full worship band up. Just play some guitar behind me. We're going to reflect here in just a moment. Um, that, so that's losing. There's also, uh, there's this picture from, this is Selena Gomez. She wrote the song like, uh, what does it say? Lose you to love me. I think she broke up, uh, or Justin Bieber broke up with her. A very public case or whatever, public thing, public relationship. And, and, the, the reason I like showing highlights of these public figures because these public figures we idolize, but Jesus is our hero. And the public figures, when they, when they take down the mask, it actually shows us that the same source that, that we've been trusting in is the same source that they need to trust in as well. And, and she wrote down, I'm literally just laying down and thanking Jesus. Where my father has taken me and placing me is exactly where I am meant to be. He said to me, Selena, hold on. Insert your name there. Jerome, hold on. I hurt when you hurt. I cry when you cry, but I will never, ever leave your side. Work with me. Walk with me and watch how I do it. It's one of the most rich theological things ever. He always surprises me, and I re-fall in love with him every single time. 
in my worst moments, like awful, most painful moments, I never stopped falling to my knees, wanting and needing only his love. See, the enemy keeps trying to tear me down, and it's just not going to happen. Not today, not the next. So whether I win or lose, we got God. Number nine, I'll give you a couple more, and we'll just reflect for a minute. God, God heals, but he also doesn't waste our pain. We believe in healing 100%. We also think we can glorify God through suffering. And in the Bible, there's both. In fact, Paul was so filled with the Holy Spirit that even his handkerchiefs were healing people. But yet Paul also writes later that he has a friend, Epaphroditus, who's almost so ill to the point of death. Why can't the same power working through Paul that was healing people before heal Epaphroditus? This is how the story was working. But we still have faith. We have faith that Jesus not only saved our sins of yesterday, but he saved our sins of tomorrow. But he also purchased and he bought our healing that will come forever. And we're believing for it for tomorrow. So we don't quit giving up. And God doesn't waste any of those ingredients. One of the most powerful texts ever, Psalm 103, right? Oh, my soul, bless God from head to toe. I bless his holy name. Oh, my soul, bless God. Do not forget a single blessing. He forgives your sins, everyone. He heals your diseases, everyone. He redeems you from hell, saves your life. He crowns you with love and mercy, a paradise crown. He wraps you in goodness, beauty eternal. He renews your youth. You're always young in his presence. God's always working. And the last couple, number 10 here. Forever always trumps today. So don't you dare give up. And you know, giving up, it kind of implies like somehow our strength matters. But really, God will never give up. That's, that's the picture. If he's never given up, let's not give up receiving that. <laughs> let's just never give up receiving what he wants to do. When the plan's crazy, we're going to get to the finish line. you know there's a passage that says God catches every one of our tears in a bottle who here can say like the pain's been so hard sometimes that I've cried the, the pain's been so hard sometimes that I've cried yeah all of us the pain might be so hard today but in Revelation 21 it shows us what the grand finale is like that's why we're not giving up he will wipe away every tear, verse 4, from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have all passed away. Friends, we have to have an accurate picture of following Jesus. And all the greatest heroes we love and we look up to that are Christians, they've went through or are going through a lot of pain and will, but God's still God, and they're still believing. And God can work miracles. He does it. So, of course, we're believing for a miracle. We're putting our faith out there. But at the same time, we're also putting our faith in to endure today. Today. Because ultimately, last point, we live by faith and not by sight. As we build our house, we're not looking for all the external evidence. We're looking for prized evidence. Where's God in this? And where's people in this? It's one of the greatest filters, God and people. Does it 
Does it bless God? Does it give him glory? Does it bless people? Will you close your eyes with me for just a moment and just maybe re-up today and say, God, you know, I'm not sure. I've counted the cost. I love a lot of things more than you. Today, just in your own way, in your own heart, and he knows your thoughts, you could just say, God, I give it all up. I want you. And wherever you're at with your plans and where I'm at with my plans, spiritually, relationally, and physically, God, what do you want to do with our lives? Even when it doesn't make sense, we're going to trust you, lean not to our own understanding, acknowledge you first, and you're going to make everything straight. So today we give up control because we want momentum. So we give up control. We give up the lie that everything needs to be perfect. And we say yes to 2020. And we know as we let go, it will be better than anything we could think or imagine. And so we let go right now. I pray for your people today. They'd walk in confidence and strength. That counting the cost wouldn't be a Sunday service, but it'll carry out into our evenings, our lunches, and our morning to gain momentum. For God deserves all of our total attention. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Friends, I uh, love you. Thanks for letting me be a part of this together. And we so desperately want to continue to see Jesus for who he really is. And I think messages like today remind us the gravity of following him, but hopefully also the beauty of following him. And he's worth it. Don't worry, there'll be many more messages that we can take the hill. But I think today it's really good to kind of measure twice and cut once. Measure twice and cut once. Is he really worth it? And I think you'll always find the answer is yes. So... Have a great day, the best Sunday of your life. We'll be here next Sunday. We're going to be loving people, all races, all faces. You belong here. And we're going to keep loving this city one life at a time, and we won't stop until God makes all things new. Be blessed. Love you guys. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.